Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and, and here she is. Hi, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Nine Months Podcast. This is episode 31 already, and it's the third episode in 2022 and I'm still very happy to be back and serving you guys up with good birth stories every week. Um, I'd like to start out today's episode by giving a big shout out to my dear friend Lenka for becoming my first patron or Patreon, I don't even know what it's called, member at patreon.com and I'm always always so grateful for your for your support and and care and thank you very much for being my very first first supporter on patreon (laughs) so thank you um if you are out there and you'd like to support my work also you can always head to patreon.com slash nine months podcast and support the work that I'm doing here it is um, a little bit empty at the moment the episodes will be uploaded there in in a little bit and um, you will be seeing extra material as this year goes on so stuff that will only be available for you as a as a member will slowly 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 start to pop up over there also so head to patreon.com slash nine months podcast if you want to support me there um I'd also like to take the opportunity to recommend a book that I'm reading I uh, have a two-year-old Avi and he goes to sleep while I sit next to him it doesn't take so long maybe like 20 minutes or something and I can't do anything else and then sort of sit there and and I've I've picked up some books along the way that I'm reading, so it's a perfect place to read. And uh, my mother-in-law sent me a book um, maybe a year ago or something, and it's called Rants in the Dark, and it's written by Emily Wrights. Uh, it's a, She's a New Zealand um, writer. And um, I looked at it first and I dismissed it because I was like, no, 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 this is not for me. But it is hilarious. It is just a, a bunch of rants definitely from her head about being a mom and about judgment from the outside world and um just really really funny and I have to brace myself from giggling while I'm trying to put my child to sleep so um if you're looking for something great to read I definitely recommend this one it's called Rants in the Dark and the writer is Emily Wrights and if you want to borrow my copy and you're in Prague just give me a a DM or something on Instagram and and I'll lend you my copy for sure okay all of these things out of the way now we are getting into today's episode and it is my friend Carly that I'm interviewing. Carly is American, so is her husband, and they live here in Prague for a couple of years now, Um, and she's a chiropractor. That's how I got to know her. She's a great chiropractor, by the way, so if you need a good crack in your back and support with other things physical, um, then her details will be in the show notes page also. But... um, Other than being a chiropractor, she has three daughters um, and she will be talking us through the births of her two first ones 
um, in the United States, in Texas. She had birth center births with them. And her second is very interesting because it was a vaginal breach delivery. So it's something that we haven't had on the pod before. And it's quite interesting if you are in that situation, maybe to hear someone else who who managed to have a vaginal delivery with a breech baby. Um, we talk a bit about tongue ties and breastfeeding and her third birth that took place here in Czech Republic, which was a home birth. And it's the first time we talk about home birth in Czech Republic on the pod. And I've been a little bit wary about how to speak of it. Um, I had one myself with my second, but since in regards to the laws that goes around that and in in regards of protecting the people that were involved in it there might not be an exceptional amount of details in it uh, because this is being put out on the internet we will try we tried our best but if you do have questions about home birth in Czech Republic do feel free to reach out to me or to me to reach out to Carly also yeah I will share her um, details also at the end of this episode okay now I have been talking quite a lot Uh, I'm going to say one more thing which is that when I interviewed Carly my audio equipment just somehow did not click in so when you hear me speaking it's a little bit muffled but it's such a great story and I thought that you know, why not? Carly's doing most of the talking anyway. So I'm sorry about the sound from my side, but I think you're going to enjoy this episode anyway. All right. So let's finally, finally, finally hear from Carly. Hi, Carly, and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. And thank you for trusting me with your birth stories today. Um, would you like to start by introducing yourself and who's in your family and what you guys are all about? Sure. Yeah, sounds great. Um, so I am Dr. Carly Rohde and my husband is Adam and we have three young girls, Hazel, who is six or almost six, I guess, not quite. Um, Olive is four and Juniper is a little over a year and a half old. And we are from, well, from the States, we moved to Prague from Texas. Um, And so we, so two of the the two older girls were born in Texas in Dallas and the youngest was born in the pandemic in Prague. Oh, great. I'm looking forward to hearing all three of those stories today. (laughs) We'll try to fit them in anyhow. Yeah. 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 Great. Sounds great. And what do you guys do when you're not being a mom and a dad? Oh, gosh. Um, Can I fit anything else into my life? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) no, I am. Well, I am a doctor of chiropractic and but I also work um, online with women around the world um, doing coaching and life coaching and health coaching. And I'm also a Reiki practitioner. So I do energy healing and I can do that um, in person in Dallas, or I can do that online as well. Mm -hmm. And Adam, he is a martial artist, black belt, and he is a small business consultant as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, and for anyone who needs a great Cairo in Prague, Carly is the one to go to if you want all of these um, all of these big cracks in your spine. I'm going to sound really silly for saying <laughs> the best, the absolute best. I live for it every time I come over. <laughs> anyway, so thank you for doing that introduction, Carly. Do you want to start just uh, taking us on your journey to becoming pregnant the first time? Did you guys plan to have a baby? No. Um, All three of our children were not planned. They they are very happily, um, they were happily given to us (laughs) by God, source, whoever you want to say. We we did not plan any of the pregnancies. Um, My husband, husband, now husband, um, we had only been dating, gosh, I don't know, six, nine months when I got pregnant with my, my first child. Um, so that was, and I had an IUD, I had a copper IUD, Uh, we were, you know, careful and yet still I got pregnant and that was quite a shock. Um, I had been wanting to be a mother for, for years, Um, I think I was pregnant when I was 31, um, the first time. So I had been, you know, waiting for the right guy, um, to settle down and have children and this kind of, and we had children and then we settled down. (laughs) Um, but we were, we got pregnant. Um, and because I had an IUD, I knew that there were great risks of ectopic pregnancies, um, pregnancies that, um, happen in the follicular tube and are not viable. And so, when I found out I was pregnant and told Adam that I was pregnant, I kind of said, well, you know, it might be ectopic. So it might not be real. It might not be real. Um, Cause we were both pretty shocked. Um, and we went to our, we were in Dallas. And so we went to um, this ob and the, the, ultrasound tech said, all right, mom, all right, dad, are you ready to see the baby? And we were just in shock when on the ultrasound, the, there was a baby on the screen. (laughs) And so, you know, um, I, you know, I was in Dallas, I had my own chiropractic office and I was the president of a young professionals organization. I was not really in the mindset to be a mom, but, um, God had other plans. So, um, we went through the pregnancy and I had a relatively easy pregnancy, um, which was really such a blessing because it wasn't planned and I was not prepared. So, um, it was, it was a pretty easy pregnancy. And after we, um, Um, I think we were probably, you know, 12 ish weeks or so. And I decided I did not want to give birth in a hospital. So we found a midwife and, um, and we, we loved our midwives. They were fantastic. Dinah, um, is actually from Denmark and she had been a midwife for, I don't know, 30 plus years, 
Um, and the other midwife in the clinic had eight children. So <laughs> we felt like we were in good hands with them. And ultimately we were. Um, Can you take and- me through a little bit how it works to choose your care provider in the U.S.? Do you, do you is it through your insurance, I guess, or, or does it cover a midwife, for example? Well, different? so mine... Our story is a little different because I was, am self-employed. And so I had been paying for um, my insurance and I had Blue Cross Blue Shield insurance. So it's like a normal insurance, but I had been paying for it. Um, And I had a um, basically a low deductible. So, and no, a high deductible where that's how much you have to pay before insurance covers um, and a low premium, a low monthly fee. So, um, so when it came time, I knew I had to spend, I think it was $4,000, before any insurance covered that. And so, um, whether I was going to be in a hospital or whether I was going to be at a birth center, I was probably, if I wanted to use my insurance, going to have to pay that 4,000. And so um, you can pretty much choose whoever you want when you're in an insurance like I had. Some insurance is, you know, um, kind of pigeon you hole, hole you into one clinic system. But mine, you know, as long as my provider took Blue Cross, then that was fine. And so we made, I think, you know, quarterly, I, I think we made like three or four payments um, through the process of the pregnancy to the birth clinic. Um, and because, you know, if, if there would have been an issue with the delivery, um, then we would have had to go to a hospital, then we probably would have had to pay other fees, but we were able to do, you know, everything at that birth center from the prenatal care to the labor and delivery to, um, post natal care. That's wonderful. Yeah. I give up clearing that up. <laughs> it's just so different in different countries and, and different systems, how it work, how it works. It is. And, it, and it's totally different if you decide to do something that's more natural or you're in a hospital or if you have to do a C-section. I mean, that's going mm-hmm. to greatly depend, change how much you're going to have to pay. Right. So did you know what kind of birth you were wishing for or planning for? I wanted, um, so I had done in grad school, I had done maternal and infant health, um, classes. I had, um, chiropractors can be primary care physicians in some States in the United States. And so I had done a lot of training. I mean, not a lot, but I'd done quite a bit of training on pregnancy and delivery. And so I knew that I wanted to do something natural, and I had this in, in my mind that I wanted to do a water birth. And so my first birth was um, in the water and it was fine. And my subsequent ones were not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, great. Is there anything else you'd like to share from your first pregnancy? Did you do any standard testing maybe or any birth education? So I, this is, this is the tricky part because I did some, um, my husband and I, we did 
some birth education um, with a, a couple classes. I did not do any um, postnatal or any breastfeeding classes because I assumed incorrectly that with my health professional knowledge and the ease of being a mother <laughs> um, that I would fall into breastfeeding easily, which was not the case. So that's where I was one of my failings in not taking a breastfeeding class. Um, so, you know, I struggled with that a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's, that's something that you wish that you've done. Um, but um, before we get there, um, how, was there anything else from like, yeah, just from the pregnancy or anything else that you want to share? Yeah. I mean, okay. So in the beginning of the pregnancy, I had, gosh, in week, I don't know, 10, 11, and 12, I had a little bit of nausea and um, morning sickness, but I found that when I kept eating, whether it was crackers and carrots and celery, if as long as I kept eating it, that would be fine. And I was really blessed with an easy pregnancy. In fact, um, when I was in my 39th week, we went to a, a wedding and we danced. I was, you know, 39 weeks pregnant and we were dancing on the dance floor, kicking, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was an easy pregnancy. Um, it, it was just, it was just a blessing. I, you know, <laughs> it was fine. It was great. That's wonderful. All yeah. Right, so should we, should we jump into the birth story itself then to do sure. it yeah. on its own or? Yeah. So, you know? um, well, so I was, Let's see. I think because it was so easy for me and I am, I'm a, I'm not as tall as you are, um, <laughs> but I am, I'm pretty tall and I help and I hold, um, babies pretty well. So actually my first went to almost 42 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born at 41 and six yeah. and it, she was due on Christmas Eve and mm-hmm. Christmas Eve came and went and she was born so ultimately in Christmas Eve of 2015. And so we got past that and we were almost at New Year's. And my husband joked and said, wouldn't it be funny if she was born on 1-6, well, January 6th, you know, 1-6-16. Um, and I said, that's not funny. That's at almost 42 weeks. And sure enough, that's when she was born. <laughs> So he jinxed it for me, but, um, so the, I woke up. So on the 5th of January, I went to bed early and I had had, you know, I I could sense that something was a little different. And I woke up at midnight on the 6th and I, I, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm in labor. And Mm -hmm. my midwife had told me that, you know, if you're, if you go into labor in the middle of the night and it's, and relatively easy. You should try to go back to sleep. Don't wake up your husband. He let him get some good sleep because he's going to have to, you know, do some help with you. You don't need to be up waiting. So I, that night I was in and out of sleep as I was in early labor Mm -hmm. and at 5am 
I woke up, I woke up Adam and said, I'm in labor. <laughs> and he said, what? <laughs> and, uh, and so we contacted the midwife because the midwife had said, you know, when you're in labor, let us know just so we can prepare the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we contacted her and she said, try to go back to sleep. And, and so I did, but labor pains got more and more intense. Um, and so throughout that morning, we kept in contact with the midwife and they kept saying, okay, you're doing good, you know, and gave us some pointers of maybe take a, take a bath. And, um, I don't even remember what else she said, you know, bounce on a, on a Swiss ball and, Mm -hmm. And let us, you know, contact us in an hour. And, and so things progressed and I was in quite a bit of pain. Um, Being that I was delivering in a birth center, you know, they don't want you to labor in early labor um, there the whole time. They, they want you to wait until you're at the classic, I don't know, is it six minutes apart? I can't even remember before you go to the birth center to meet the the midwives to deliver. And so (laughs) I'm in a lot of pain. I'm probably, I probably was not in the best positions for labor, um, uh, for contractions. I was laying down in bed. That's probably the worst thing you need to be up and moving. And I didn't know. So I was just laying down and it was uncomfortable. And so then finally it was about the lunch hour and we knew that they were on lunch between 12 and 1 PM. And it was at a point where I said, we can't wait. We have to go. And we can't wait for them to get back from lunch. We have to go. So we, (laughs) contacted them. We got in the car and the birth center was about 20, 25 minutes drive away. So I'm having contractions in the vehicle. Oh, and we got to the birth center. The midwife was there and she said, you know, asked, do you want me to check to see how dilated you are? And, and I said, sure, why not? And I was, I think I was at a nine. I was, and, and so she said to me, we had just arrived and she said, well, if you want to, you can start pushing, (laughs) which was a shock to me. Right. (laughs) I was like, what? I was mentally expecting to be, you know, like get in the bathtub and do a lot of laboring and then deliver. And she said, I mean, if you want to just squat down right here, we could deliver the baby. Wow. That's crazy. I love it. And I, being a first time mom, I, it, it put me in shock really like, Mm -hmm. and it ultimately because I was not ready mentally ready to deliver. I was physically ready to to deliver, but not mentally that it stalled the, the delivery process. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess, I guess my brain said, Nope. And halted the whole process. (laughs) And so we arrived, 
I don't know, sometime after 1 p.m. And Hazel wasn't born until 3.30. So it was like a good two hours to get my body back up and running and ready to deliver. It was, yeah. (laughs) You know, and so I was able to do it, obviously, without any pain medication. And I did it in the water. Um, But I took that experience and was able to make my second birth a lot easier because I was mentally prepared for the actual delivery. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's something that is, is super common when you have your second child, like, because the first time you you have no idea what it's going to be like, you don't know what's going to happen to you because it can be anything from zero to a hundred and nobody knows and nobody can predict it for you, you know, but the second time around, you have a sort of an idea of what you can expect a little bit at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so how is that? So Hazel, you said she was born in the water. Mm-hmm. She was, yes. And how was that? <laughs> so it, <laughs> it was, um, it was interesting. So I, I felt like the tub, the tub was a great large size. Um, but I felt it was like, a um, not one of those blow up tubs. It was like a, a regular bath, a large bathtub. So mm-hmm. it was, um, it was a good size, but I still felt like, um, it was too small for me. Um, and so I wasn't able to move and change positions as much as if I would have had an, in like a blow up, um, mm. water, um, bath. And so it was, it was hard. It was difficult. Um, and I was kind of squatting and, um, and sitting and it, it was a little difficult. Um, but it, it happened with, you know, um, once I set my mind to it, it happened with ease, but my midwife had to say to me, I think you are mentally keeping yourself from going there and actually pushing. Mm -hmm. And when she said that it was, it kind of, had a realization because that's exactly what was happening. I was, I was too scared. I was scared of ripping. I was scared of what was going to happen. And I wasn't giving in to my body's ability to actually do what it's supposed to do. Right. And how was that then when she was, when she was born, did you catch her or did the midwife catch her? The the midwife did catch her um, Mm -hmm. again, because we didn't, I didn't know what to expect. So I said, just please do it. <laughs> please do it. <laughs> Did you come right up to your chest or? Yes. And so she was brought right up to my chest. Um, and we allowed the, the cord to stop pulsating before we cut it. Um, and then after we cut it, then um, I, uh, baby was handed to Adam and I got out of the bathtub and onto a bed so I could uh, uh, birth the placenta. And at that point, basically, um, I think Adam had her chest to chest, skin to skin, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. for a minute or two. And then once I was situated, brought her over to me 
And um, I did have a little bit of hemorrhaging when it came to delivering the placenta. So I had to have um, some Pitocin with that um, to mm. stop the bleeding. Yeah. And it kind of, it was so funny because I, it was such this immediate feeling of love but also mm -hmm. shock as to this, there's an actual baby that's was in my, my belly for nine months, 42 weeks. And, mm -hmm. and now she's on me and mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, this, this wasn't a child that I had been praying for that I'd been waiting for, you know? And, and so it was just like a, wow, my life has totally changed. I love her so much, but oh my gosh, what is, what is life going to be like now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> oh, great. So how was the immediate postpartum with her there in the birth center? At the birth center? Sure. So um, we, we worked on getting her, so she was skin to skin and we worked on getting her to start nursing. Um, that was a little tricky, um, but we got her to nurse and um, we did a lot of um, uh, cleanup and I took a quick shower and um, got dressed and really from, from delivery to leaving the birth center was about two hours. Oh, wow. Yes. And so we went home and after that two hours and basically got in bed and passed out. <laughs> I, I think I can't even remember. <laughs> That's great. And you mentioned that um, it was a bit tricky with the breastfeeding after that. Yes, it was. We, that? we struggled for a long time with, with breastfeeding. Um, mm -hmm. Ultimately I found out that she had um, oral ties. She had a tongue tie and mm -hmm. lip ties, um, but I didn't find that out until months or a year later. I can't even remember, but with the nursing issues. So she, she struggled to get a good latch. Um, and subsequently I struggled with, um, su milk supply mm -hmm. and within the first two weeks, she had dropped uh, quite a bit of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, we went to our two week checkup and the midwife checked her and said, she's lost too much weight. You need to, um, you know, go to this, go to your pedi pediatrician. And ultimately the pediatrician said that we had to get her on formula and we had to start, um, a routine to increase my milk supply of nursing, pumping formula, um, over and over and over and over again. And it was, it was a big struggle, but I was determined to nurse, um, knowing all the health benefits of that. Right. And how did it go? Did it, did it work? So did it work? Um, it did for, for quite a bit of time. We did that protocol of, um, nursing and then pumping and then either feeding what had been pumped to her, um, or feeding, like, basically she said at some point at, 
I don't remember the age, but she said, you know, she needs to have two ounces. Um, Mm -hmm. and so if you can pump up to two ounces, great, give that to her. But if you can't, you need to give the difference in in formula. And so we did that, um, for several, several months, it was, Mm -hmm. it was a full-time job. Anybody who pumps exclusively, or is trying to raise their milk supply knows how stressful that is and how time consuming that is, but I knew it was important. And so I did that. Um, and ultimately at about when she was about six months, we also determined that she had food allergies, um, which I think was also tied to the tongue tie issues. Um, and so I had to cut out, uh, dairy and eggs and gluten for several months, um, dairy was the longest that I had to cut out so that, um, she could gain weight. Mm -hmm. It was a long process. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, which ultimately got me learning and educating myself on, um, oral ties and what can be done. So as a chiropractor, I, um, went through courses to learn about assessing for tongue ties and, um, all the things that need to happen when it comes to the treatment of them. Yeah. And how, how did you, how did you treat her tongue tie? Did you get it reversed? Or? So we, so she actually has not been revised. Um, we, cause we didn't find out truly that she had a tongue tie until she was about two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at that point, um, when there's a revision, there needs to be stretching of the areas. And we didn't expect her to be able to tolerate that at a two Mm. year, two years old. It's, it's definitely a lot easier when they are under one. Mm. Um, and so we know that probably in the future, that will be something that we have to do with her once she is a little bit more complacent about maybe doing the stretches herself. Right. Yeah, of course. Great. So is there anything else from Hazel's birth that you'd like to share with us before we jump into the next one? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think we got the highlights from that for yeah, sure. <laughs> Perfect. So um, let's go ahead then. And how did you guys know um, that you, you wanted to have another baby? Or I think you mentioned that they were all little happy <laughs> Yes. Yes. So I, um, so because of, because of nursing and pumping so extensively, I, um, I did not have a period until I was about 13 months postpartum, Mm -hmm. um, because all of, or excuse me, Hazel, my oldest was nursing so frequently. Um, and so I did not have a period until about 13 months. And at that point, and she also was not sleeping through the night. So at about 13 months is when she fully started sleeping through the night. I was nursing a lot less. I got my period back and we were doing, um, uh, family planning where we were working on, you know, avoiding, um, avoiding sex on my, uh, pregnant, you know, the ovulation and whatnot, my fertile days. Um, but sure enough, I got pregnant again. (laughs) And, and so we found out, um, actually Adam figured it out before I did. He said, Hey, 
I think he said you've been moody lately and you've also been complaining about breast tenderness. Maybe you should take a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And so interestingly enough, so because we had Hazel so early into our relationship, um, I had decided, well, we, but I was the one that instigated it and said, let's not get married. Let's not have a shotgun wedding where I'm, I'm pregnant. We're doing that fast and we're going to get married fast. Let's wait until, um, we get through this first year and decide whether we want to actually do a relationship. And so after a year of being parents, we decided, you know, great. And so we, um, I proposed, then he proposed. And so we were engaged and we're planning to get married. Um, Oh, when was that? I don't even know in the spring of, of 2018. And right before we were going to put a deposit on our wedding venue space was when all of this, um, hormone issues started. And Adam said, take a pregnancy test. So the day before we were supposed to put our deposit down, we found out I was pregnant And again, I did not want to get married while I was pregnant. So we pushed it back (laughs) again (laughs) and waited until Olive was born to finally get married. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, my, (laughs) my parents were very confused at the beginning because we didn't want to tell them we had, we were pregnant, but we were like, we have to tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> the day we found out we were pregnant, we told my parents <laughs> um, so that we, they knew there was a, there was a, you know, a good reason why we were pushing back the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Nothing um, be concerning otherwise. Yes. <laughs> nothing, nothing concerning. Um, and yeah. so, so again, this, I had a pretty good early pregnancy. It was not, it was not problematic. I had very minimal, um, morning sickness and it was about, I think it was at our 20 week, um, anatomy scan that the tech said, Oh, the baby's breech. And, but again, you know, our midwives, we went and worked with the same two midwives that had delivered the first. Um, and so they said, you know, this it's early. There's nothing to be worried about. We'll keep checking her position, um, but she should definitely turn. And so I thought, well, okay, sounds great. Um, but the further along we got in the pregnancy, um, baby didn't turn. Baby was still breech. And, and so it was about at... 30 weeks or so 32 weeks where I started getting hesitant about delivering or having a breech baby. And so that's when I started doing all the things that moms can do to turn babies. So, um, I got adjusted. Um, there is a chiropractic technique called the Webster technique, which I'm trained in, but I can't do it on myself. So I went and I saw, um, a chiropractor who also was able to perform the Webster turning the Webster technique on me. Um, and I saw an acupuncturist and I did Moxa and I had, uh, trigger points that I was working on. Um, I did spinning babies, which is a great resource. Spinningbabies.com is a great resource for all moms that are pregnant, um, for proper pelvic alignment, 
um, for mom and baby, but it's especially beneficial for women who have breech babies. Um, so there's all these exercises that you can do um, at home to help facilitate the turning of the baby. And so I would do all of those several times a day and baby didn't want to turn. Baby didn't want to turn. Um, I wanted again to do a natural birth. I also, I mean, selfishly knew that as somebody that's self-employed and works with my body, I knew that um, if I had to get a C-section, I would have to take off three times the amount of work um, to recover from a C-section compared to um, a normal vaginal birth. And so I was just thinking about what am I going to do with my practice? What is going to happen financially? And so I just focused on all the things that could be done to turn the baby. She never turned. She ultimately never turned. So we got to be in crunch time and the midwife sent me to, um, to an OB-GYN to get an assessment from him and to also do an ultrasound to see the, how the baby's positioned and what everything, you know, what, what all the factors were. And it came back that she was Frank breech, which means that her legs are straight up in front of her and her feet are in front of her face butt down. Um, and she was relatively small for my size and there was a good amount of amniotic fluid and, uh, there were a couple more factors. And so all those factors and it, the fact that it was my second child, all those factors pointed to the fact that There are not huge red flags other than her butt being down instead of the head, huge red flags for um, having to have to do a C-section. Do they want you to go down a certain path? Did you ever feel like you were guided or did they, did they let you choose? Well, I know if I would have been to, um, uh, if I would be treating by, be fully treated by an OB-GYN, it would be, there would be no question. I would be scheduled for a C-section on such and such date and, you know, baby's breach. You've tried for weeks, you're 37 weeks, or I don't even remember 37 weeks. And so we're going to plan on 39 weeks that you're going to deliver via C-section. Being that I was working with midwives that gave me a little bit more flexibility. Mm -hmm. So I went to my midwife and Dinah (laughs) and with 30 plus years of experience. And she said, you know, I've delivered breech babies, but I have never, I don't feel comfortable with delivering a choosing and planning to deliver a a breech birth. Mm -hmm. Normally in my experience, the baby was head down and something happened at the last minute to flip the baby. And so we deliver the baby breach. So my midwife, while she had delivered breach babies in the past, had never planned to deliver a baby who was breech. And so she, she said, I don't feel comfortable. And so here is this one MD who delivers breach babies in Dallas. Here's his information. 
And so we were given his name and his, um, his nurse had over the phone had told us, you know, you deliver when you're working with us, you deliver in the operating room because there is a chance that something bad could go could, could happen. And we'd have to do an emergency C-section. And so we deliver in an operating room. And I thought, Oh, I don't want to do that either. (laughs) (laughs) Sound relaxing. Mm -hmm. And so I actually went, I was on, I am in, I guess I think I'm still in, it doesn't matter. Um, a birth focused Facebook, a birth practitioner focused Facebook group for Dallas. And so I went in that group and said, Hey, this is my situation. Are there any midwives out there that are willing to take me at 38 weeks, 37 weeks to potentially deliver my breech baby? Mm -hmm. And I had one reach out and we did a consult with her and she said, I've delivered many, many breech babies. Um, with all the stats that you have said with, um, you know, the baby and the, the uterus and the, you know, all the ultrasound findings that I would have no, no hesitation to deliver her Mm -hmm. for you. And so I said, great. And at my next, and then at the next following day, I had a visit with Dinah and she, she said, you know, I heard through the grapevine that you were talking with this midwife. I trained this midwife. Mm-hmm. She had been trained under me and great. Basically, if you if she was going to deliver it, I'm going to deliver it because, <laughs> you know, pride. I don't know. We, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I love Dinah so much. Um, <laughs> oh and so ultimately she said, I'm going to deliver it. And so... <laughs> So, so we, um, and she actually called in this, this outside midwife to assist. And so when it ultimately came time for Olive to be born, we had Dinah with 30 years of experience, Emily, who has eight or nine children. And then this third midwife who, um, who has delivered many. And so, um, I went into labor with Olive and it went rather fast, not way too, too fast, but, mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, it, it happened during the day, the labor. And so, um, I was moving about, I had my chill, my, um, my oldest with me. Um, my parents were in, um, in the city. Uh, and so we went out to dinner, we went out to dinner. I mean, <laughs> like I'm having labor <laughs> pains, but I said, I need some protein. So we actually went and got a burger. <laughs> right. I mean, crazy. <laughs> I ate this big burger while I'm right. having labor pains and, um, put, put Hazel to bed and, within a short, like hour or so we had called my parents back and said, Hey, you have to come and be with Hazel. Cause we have to go to the birth center to have this child. We actually arrived before the, the midwives by like five minutes, um, at the birth center. So we were waiting outside it's November. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> 
And finally, we we got in the birth center, we got all set up, um, and I had chosen this time to deliver um, on, not in the water, but on on a on the bed. And I actually leaned over um, a Swiss ball, an exercise ball, on my knees um, to help deliver the baby. And that's what the midwives said was would be the easiest to use gravity to help the baby come out. And she ultimately was the easiest birth I had mm-hmm. <laughs> out of all three. She, she was so easy. And so the midwives, um, with the fact that the baby comes out bottom first, you need to be careful that you're not putting any pressure and pulling on the baby um, that would affect the neck with the head and the neck still being in the uterus. And so basically they did not touch the baby until she was basically all the way out. Um, They assisted her, I think her shoulders getting out, but we just let um, gravity and the pushing to actually help her come out. It was, it was one of those things that I am so proud that I made a decision to birth her naturally because I think now I think I would have regretted it. Um, now this is, this is not against any woman who, who is, is scared to do a breach birth, who is pressured into doing a C-section, who chooses to doing a C-section. I think all births um, can be powerful. I just know for me, this was something that I had to, I had to do. Um, you know, um, I was actually, I was born by C-section because I was Frank breach. And so in the same, almost the same situation as, as all of, and so I think this was kind of a, a redemption story for me. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And we all do what we, what we got to do, you know, and the, in the situation that we're in and, and what resources are held out to us. But like, like you said, it's sometimes, this thing of going, I need this, so I'm going to find a way to do this, and and you have to search for it yourself, you know. So, so that's really it's really powerful when things can go our way in birth because they usually don't, right? They usually don't at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a wonderful story. And how was it to to have postpartum with with two little ones this time? it was easier. Um, we, we did just decide that or determine that, um, Olive had a tongue tie, um, and other oral ties. And so we were able to get those revised and, um, and, and so nursing was easier. It wasn't easy, um, because I found that I got over the hump of how to nurse, but babies have to learn too. Um, And so I had to help her learn how to nurse. Um, And so breastfeeding was still a little tricky. We still had a little bit of weight gain issues, but um, not anywhere as drastic as, 
as Hazel. And, you know, it was interesting because I was still running my practice. And so I, I like would say that I'm a stay at home mom, but I'm also an entrepreneur. And I also work from home because I was working with online clients. And uh, so, and, and I was taking, um, taking my, so I've taken my, my babies to work with me into the chiropractic office. So I was also working with her in the office. And so it was a really looking back, it was my, the right choice for me, but it was very difficult to juggle all of the things, which ultimately got me to a point of burnout and got us moving abroad to Prague. That would happen. I don't know the story. Maybe you want to give us a tiny little overview of that. (laughs) (laughs) Burnout. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I was, so we had planned, we had, when Hazel, when we were first parents, we had talked about moving abroad because life is, in my opinion, better abroad than in the States. Um, Education is better. And, um, And so that's something that we wanted to do. Uh, We needed to get through both pregnancies and then we got married. And after we were married, then we kind of said, what's next? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we said, "Hmm, should we look more into moving abroad? And ultimately the answer was yes. And after year months, almost years of planning and deciding an action, um, we decided to, we moved abroad in, um, we decided ultimately that we wanted to be in Prague by Olive's second birthday. Mm. And so two years after my second was born, we were in Prague Mm. and we sold, I sold my business. We sold everything we had. Um, and the, the day before our big, like a state sale, moving sale where we were selling everything, mm-hmm. I took a pregnancy test and found out that I was pregnant with my third. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and how was it to receive those news? Well, it was like, Oh gosh. Okay. Do we, do we move abroad? Do I really want to give birth in the Czech Republic? <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> What's that all about? Do they have birth centers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the answer is no. Um. They actually have uh, an attached birth center now that opened last year. In oh, wow. So for anyone that's wondering, it's very new. Um, and if you want to get in, you get in as quickly as you find out that you're pregnant, you sign up for it and then you might get a spot. And I hear it's, I hear wonderful things about it actually. So if you have the option, do it. Mm -hmm. That sounds fantastic. Yes. So it's happening. That's great news. Good. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Great. So then you guys moved straight away when you were very early pregnant then. Yes, early pregnant. I feel like I was 12 weeks Mm. or so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I met you there in the beginning. Yes. Yes. Actually, I think, I think I was in a prog group and I had searched um, midwives and you had posted something about working with a midwife 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reached out to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was, was I pregnant then also? I think you had just delivered. Or I just had, Abby. yeah, 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 of course. I just had Abby. Yes. Because mm-hmm. yes. I think you were saying how, how wonderful your experience was. Uh, yeah. And so I said, I need to meet her. I need to know exactly what she did so that mm-hmm. I can do it too. <laughs> Great. And you did? And I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Great. And how was that then going through pregnancy in a new country and finding your way over here? Oh, finding my way. Well, it, it was, um, I'm so, I'm so thankful that I had the, the midwives here to kind of direct me into, um, what needed to be done. You know, they educated me on how, um, during the pregnancy that the, the pregnancy was co-treated with an OB-GYN and, um, and the midwives. And that was new to me. Um, and so I'm thankful that they kind of helped me. In fact, I was struggling to find, um, an OB and cause everyone was booked or mm-hmm. didn't want to take an English speaker. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately the midwife reached out to a colleague, I think, and said, Hey, can you get her in? Mm-hmm. And that's how I found my OB who the office was great. And so it worked out great. Yeah. It's a little bit different here. And also in the way that we are speaking now, can I correct me if I'm wrong, but did you have a home birth? You had a home birth, right? I did have a home birth. Can we talk about that? (laughs) And yes, but we just have to be very careful in in the way that we're naming names or of OBs or midwives. Yeah. Yeah. And just for anyone that's listening, um, it's not illegal to have a home birth in Czech Republic for you as the birthing parent. You can give birth uh, wherever you want. That's your human right. But it is um, still illegal for midwives to attend a home birth and to help someone deliver a child at home in this country, which is crazy to me. But and of course, when this is uh, illegal, of course, it is still happening. <laughs> and it is like that in a lot of places in the world. And it is fantastic that there's, there is support still out there for mothers who, who really need a different sort of space to birth in than within a hospital. Um, and I think you, you can agree with that, right? Yeah, I agree fully. Yeah. yeah. So did you go into this um, asking for a home birth? That's what you wanted or, or is that what happened? Yeah. Um, yes. So the, the real reason or the real answer is yes. I, I went into the process um, planning a home birth, knowing that um, if I had to deliver in a hospital, I definitely would. Um, the health of the baby is the most important. Yeah. And so, but you know, if I could choose, then I wanted to deliver at home because after two, two, uh, birth center births, I, I, I was very hesitant to go into a hospital where I didn't speak the language. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, and so I was really thankful for the care that I received both at the clinic and um, with the midwives. And, um, and so I did all the normal. I had the two, I had two or three, um, ultrasounds. I can't even remember. (laughs) Um, I did all the blood work. I, um, you know, Oh, we did. This is an interesting thing because we talked about the cost of, um, uh, prenatal care in the United Mm -hmm. States. So, as someone who was new to the Czech Republic, I was just paying cash, um, for all of my care. And I had, I would go to the OB and I would prepay. And on the day that it was time to do the anatomy scan and do some blood work, um, the front desk had told me the, the amount, and I can't remember how much crowns it was. I I can't remember, um, what the care was or the price was, but, and so we did the blood draw. We, I was waiting for the ultrasound and the, I think it was nurse, um, whomever drew, drew, drew my blood came and said, they forgot to charge you for the blood draw at the front desk. So, I know we've drawn the blood, but we haven't sent it in. So you can either pay the amount, um, or if you don't want to pre, if you don't want to pay more, then we can just not process the blood. And I said, okay, well, what, how, how much, what, what is the amount? Um, and she told me, oh gosh, now what, what was that dollar amount? What was that crown amount? I can't even remember. Um, Oh, hold on. I'm, I'm calculating. I think (laughs) it was like 200 crowns. I think it was 200 Mm -hmm. crowns. Um, and I being pregnant and can like confused and trying to do the, you know, new in the country. Um, I was trying to do the math in my head and she said, it's fine. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I brought out my phone and I was like, wait, are you talking about $9 <laughs> or whatever the, the amount is? I said, mm-hmm. um, yes, I'll, I'll pay that. I, <laughs> I can pay the 200 crowns. When I tell that story to Americans, it just blows their mind that I can do a full panel of blood work for $9 mm-hmm. um, cash pay. In, mm-hmm. here in the Czech Republic, whereas it would probably be $150 in the States, if not more. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's such a change, isn't it? It's such a difference, isn't it? Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Oh, great. So how was the rest of the pregnancy then? Did you, did you go all the way to term before, before it uh, happened? And- yeah, I did. So um, this birth, um, she was 40 weeks and two days. Mm. And so 40 weeks. And, yes, that's when it was. Um, so she was, she was right at term and I had been told that third pregnancies or third labors, um, go really fast and out of nowhere, you can be fine. And the next minute, basically you have another baby. And yeah. so <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess, and my midwife is even saying like, there's a chance I'm not going to be able to get to you 
And Mm -hmm. so she's teaching at, she taught Adam how, like how to catch. And here's Mm -hmm. what you do if the baby's born and you're truly at home alone. And so I'm thinking like, okay, this is going to happen really fast. And that's not how it happened for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not how it happened. And I think, no, I know. I think part of it is the fact that I, you know, was also caring for the other two children. Um, Olive was two and a half and Hazel was basically four and a half. And so, um, because of COVID, my, my parents were supposed to come from the States and be with us, uh, before the late, you know, before the birth and then after the birth, but they obviously could not travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think because I had to care for them also, I couldn't fully get into delivery mode, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I had texted my midwife saying, I think I'm going to get the bed. I'm going to get the girls down for bed. And then I think like, be prepared. I'm having contractions. They're this far apart and just, you know, expect to come tonight. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they were asleep and my labor stalled. It just, it basically was like, I don't know, 15 minutes between contractions. I was like, is this what's happening? What's going on? And so I slept well that night. Um, and in the morning I woke up rested, rather rested. And, um, there were, there were still contractions. Um, but it took a long time to get them back up and going. Mm. The midwives came and they were kind of like, well, um, let's go to go for coffee. So they left and (laughs) came back and they were like, you're still not ready. Um, and so ultimately it took a long time. So it was, I mean, it wasn't intense, but it was a good 36 hours of, of pregnancy, you know, from start from early labor to delivery. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so of course, and we had a friend on standby to, um, take the girls who had lived really close to our house, um, who lived really close and could take the girls. And so ultimately it was right around dinner time. And on that second day, and I was almost ready to push and, And Adam said, well, I can either cook food for the girls for dinner because they're hungry, or I can (laughs) assist you in your delivery. And I said, "Uh, I need you to to assist me. I need you there. (laughs) Like I want, I probably don't need you there. I want you there. Um, And so we called up our friend and she was there in like 15 minutes and grabbed the girls and and left. Um, And so (laughs) that was, that was like, no, 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 (laughs) you are with me. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, but of course, what are you going to like, of course, are you going to feed the children? Are you going to, yeah, anyway. (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) Yeah. And and so she was born, she was also born um, on the bed. um, And I, was also, I worked so well with the second time to be in kind of a crouching position on all fours, Mm -hmm. sometimes um, with my hands up on a ball 
Mm. But I did that with the second delivery and that worked Mm. really well as well. That's a great Mm. position in my opinion, because it uses gravity. Mm. Yeah. And so she was born in in a little while at home and you had both midwives there with you? I had actually had only one because Mm. it had taken so long. Um, There was another, one of the midwives had another um, woman in, in, in labor. And so she actually left. She was a first time mom. And so I said, leave, go, I'll we'll be fine. <laughs> go, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And so we had the midwife there and all was well with the labor and delivery. Um, and there was a little, I think it's my MO to have a little bit of extra bleeding with um, the very end of delivery. I can't remember if we did Pitocin at this one. Also, we might have, um, Mm. just to stop the bleeding. Um, and, and so that it was a, I mean, it was a pretty easy birth as well, other than the fact that it was long and drawn out and it was more mental than anything because I was expecting this really fast birth and then it just Mm. didn't happen. Yeah. Um, ultimately the second midwife, um, so the first midwife said it's going to happen really fast. The second midwife said, you know, I see it this way. It's either comes really fast or it's really slow. And mm-hmm. so with a third preg- with a l- third labor, yeah. which would have been great to know, <laughs> <Would've> been, <laughs> oh, it's not fast. So this is a slow one. So that is something mm-hmm. if you're expecting your third, know that that's a possibility. Yeah, I've heard it referred to the third birth as always a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what to expect a little bit. So (laughs) I did not know that. Now I do. I've heard it plenty, plenty of times be told. So it sounds like this for you also. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. So how was the postpartum then? Were we in lockdown at that point? Or? We were in lockdown. Yes, it yeah. was May. It was May of 2020. So we were in right. lockdown. Um, uh, yeah, things were locked down. Um, and so right at about the point where she was um, a couple weeks or a couple months old, things were opening up. Mm-hmm. And so, but I was still kind of stuck at home. Um, it was a pretty, it was a relatively easy, um, recovery basically because I had the most support, um, with the first two, my husband worked really long, um, crazy hours. And so I was alone with the children a lot. And with this third one, because we had moved and we were working online, um, he was able to take care of the, the oldest two a lot. So he kind of had them and he would, he would feed them and do all the things for them. And I was able to just truly do a lay in with the baby for uh, gosh, at least two weeks, if not a full month where I was able to just be with baby, um, to attend to my needs and her needs and truly bond and get, um, a good nursing protocol and life protocol down, which was such a blessing. That's beautiful. I hear that a lot also in regards to the, you know, lockdown and stuff, but that's also a little bit of a blessing that we get to have 
we got to have a little bit more time almost forced on us but for and it turns out to be really good for us you know that we can uh, share the things at home a little bit more and and just being at home and being with our loved ones and just just uh being able to be a bit more present maybe maybe that's a silver lining of lockdown yeah i would i would definitely agree i think lockdown has taught us um, many things, including being slow and being more purposeful with our time and who we're mm-hmm. spending our time with. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's wonderful. We went through all three of them. Probably. Yeah, we did good. <laughs> we did good. Yes. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share? You mentioned some resources. I've taken some notes here and I'll share them, but are there any more maybe that you'd like to share? Oh, um, I think, oh, a good one when it comes to nursing is Kelly mom, kellymom.com. Kelly mom is where I learned so much about what needs to happen with all things baby, but especially nursing. Um, Mm. she is such a great resource. Um, you know, and I, with my first two, uh, I cloth diapered and that was, that was really, a really good choice as well. Um, I didn't hear in Prague because I didn't know exactly. It was such a whirlwind experience that I didn't know exactly where to get cloth, but that Mm. is something that I would recommend as well. It's not Mm. as difficult as you might think it is once you have a Mm. protocol down. All right, great. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your beautiful stories with me, Carly. Oh, thanks for having me. This was really fun to kind of reminisce and think about <laughs> all, all my little babies. Yes. And if if you are pregnant out there, if you are not pregnant also, you should look up Carly and, and uh, her chiropractic services. They are great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd love to work. I love working on moms, whether you're pregnant, whether postpartum. Mm. Um, and babies and children and, and chiropractic is for everyone, but especially for the moms, because they need all the self-care that they can get. Yeah, absolutely. And where, where can people find you for, for chiropractic? Yeah. So my, my chiropractic, um, website is joyfulfamilychiropractic.com. And you can mm-hmm. kind of find me on all the social medias as Dr. Carly Rohde. Great. I will link to that on our show notes page also for everybody. Great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks again, Carly, for coming on the podcast today and sharing your beautiful birth stories with us. If you'd like to reach out to her, then use the details that she just provided. Or you can reach out to me also at the nine months podcast at gmail.com. You can head to the website, nine months podcast.com, where you can find a directory of all of the episodes so far. And you can read more information over there if you would like to share your birth story, for example, how you can submit to get to do that. All right, you guys have a wonderful week ahead and see you next week.